Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. People have been on the move ever since Adam and Eve vacated the Garden of Eden. God's command to fill the whole earth has certainly been obeyed, but such movements can sometimes cause more harm than good. Here to talk about people movements is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, what's on your heart today? You know, I read the newspaper like most people and and watch uh, as much, well, I don't watch as much TV as I can, but online I watch a lot of video Uh of of current events. and, And, of course, there's terrorism and violence and things that are concerning people, but of recent years, the great amount of people movement, I think, has galvanized peoples from Europe all the way to the United States. We have a presidential candidate whose initial newsmaker was that he would erect a wall. In my editorial recently, I likened the wall to the Pleasure Palace of Kublai Khan, a sort of a fantastical <laughs> yes. Yes. vision that he's conjured of a wall that reaches high to heaven to stop anybody coming. <laughs> Where in reality, if you study a little history, you'll know that people movements are almost unstoppable. And it's people movements that have formed the world as we know it. And they've been incredible people movements. It's people movements that form this country we live in right now. That's true. And, uh, you know, there were waves of immigration that came from, from Europe mostly into the U.S. You know, I'm very fond, and we've had radio programs on it, telling how after the English Civil War, yes. when the, uh, the king's son came back with vengeance in his mind, tens of thousands of Puritans who had tried to establish a political kingdom of heaven on earth fled to the United States, and of course their views came with them. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. The potato famines in Ireland, of course, flooded the U.S. with Irish, Irish Catholics that caused a lot of problems in the workplace and a lot of religious conflict, not always precipitated by them, but you know they, they were an ill fit early on in a Protestant culture. Of course, the uh, people movements, that you were hinting at, of the Anglo populations went down into Mexico. Mm -hmm. We forget that. Mm -hmm. Got Texas. (laughs) And Hispanics had come up and settled California. But the people movement westward displaced them. And, of course, the result was California that is part of a generally Anglo-American society. But now and then they feel like, you know, who are these Hispanics? Some of them here and others coming across the border. Mm -hmm. So it it gives a little humility, I think, to realize where people come from, but at the same time, recognize that these shifts are what really make the change. And the one that I wanted to start with that very few people think about was the people movements that resulted in the fall of the Roman Empire. Hmm. So tell us about that. What exactly happened? Well, you know, it was waves of so-called barbarians, but this is really what got me thinking about it. You know, we say barbarians glibly. Well, to the Romans, anybody else was a barbarian unless you were a Roman citizen. That's true. But these were uh, tribes, and as far as the Visigoths, who were the first group to plunder Rome, the Visigoths had come uh, from Scandinavia and around the Baltic area. So they were moving down, and we don't even know where those groups from Scandinavia originally came from because we know they didn't start there. But at least in their wanderings, they moved further and further down toward Rome, And the part that most people don't know if they think about the barbarian tribes at all, they think that they were non-Christian. And the 
interesting point is that as they moved down into the Roman Empire, they largely became Christianized. Hmm. So by the time they reached Rome, they were not raving, I was going to say infidels, but in a sense they were from Rome's perspective, but they, they were Christians, but they had a distinct difference. They were identified or have been identified as Aryan. I'm not sure that they were classically Aryan, but they sympathized with Arius's views, which held that Jesus, the Son of God, and Arius understood a divine connection, but he emphasized his human nature and human reality, mm-hmm. rather than as the Romans, Roman Church emphasized more and more, I think, with some input from paganism, sort of a pantheon of three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. It's the balancing act that Christians still try to today. Not three gods, but three in one. But the Visigoths and others early on accepted Christianity, but they had this more basic form of it. So when they came down to Rome, they saw a paganized form of Christianity, a corrupt form, and a weak state. And in uh, 410, which if you think about it, wasn't that long after the foundation of Christianity. Certainly only... uh, couple of hundred years after Christianity had been incorporated into Rome by Constantine. And they did pillage it, but it wasn't as negative a people movement as could be imagined, because they did bring a Christian sensibility into a pagan Christian political reality. I mean, they were right, too. If you look at Rome at that time, that was Christianity on the edge. Right. Like Alaric was the leader of the Visigoths who, in August 410, captured and sacked Rome. And uh, it, it was a bad place. Like St. Jerome said, the renowned city, the capital of the Roman Empire, is swallowed up in one tremendous fire, and there is no part of the earth where Romans are not in exile. Mm-hmm. Well, he was exaggerating a bit, but it was, a, it was a very dangerous time. And in some ways, the Visigoths, who were very tolerant of Catholic worship when they uh, settled, but sort of believed in apartheid, they didn't like to mingle. They didn't bring this pure pagan influence. They really reacted against what they saw as paganism. Although the sad reality is that toward the end of the 6th century, they had become fairly indistinguishable from the the general Christian attitudes. Mm -hmm. This sounds vaguely familiar to me. I hear these same kind of sentiments uttered by the Muslims as they look at America and society. Oh, yes. I do say some negative things about Islam in view of terrorism, but... Of course, there's some wonderful aspects to Islamic faith, and and I think their strong morality and clear identification of the immorality of of a lot of Western society, which, you know, they make a mistake, but we shouldn't think that this is Christianity. This is a decline from Christianity. But they they recognize that and are not very impressed. The second sack of Rome was with another group, the Ostrogoths, and it's worth mentioning their leader, Theodoric, another Aryan Christian who was very tolerant of Catholics and Jews, he said something like this. He said, religion is not something we can command, he said. No one should be forced into a faith against his will. Doesn't sound like a barbarian. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. (laughs) You know, I think history has not been real kind to these sackers of Rome, because Rome really was in such a political decay and religious weakness that it probably deserved not so much sacking, but it deserved a change. And these converted tribesmen coming from another area, I think in many ways revitalized Christianity.
there's a cycle here because when when Jesus showed up, his church, his people, his belief system had degraded, and Rome degraded, and America apparently is degrading. Does it take some time as an influx of a people movement to set us right or destroy us? Does it? Are those the only two choices we have? People movement will change a country, it's certain. And a lot of it's unpredictable. But, you know, I need to make a nod, and you probably thought that this program was only about the recent convoys of people that were making their way from Syria in particular and also Iraq down into Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite remarkable. In our lifetimes, we haven't seen anything quite like it. And I don't even begin to know why it began, because it appeared that someone just opened the gates and they came many years after the beginning of the Civil War. They'd been going to, to refugee camps in Jordan and other nearby places. But suddenly they were all on the road in great masses of humanity, men, women and children heading toward Europe, where at first they were welcomed. But now that the people movement has shown already a destabilizing factor, there's rioting, there's, there's unrest, there's signs of hate and discord in Europe, because any people movement that's too fast will have a reaction. So what should be our attitude about it? How should we look at this crowd of people coming at us? Should we be concerned? Should we be welcoming? Should we be militant? What should we do? Well, you know, we, you and I can't do a lot about whether or not it happens and how a country reacts to taking in huge amounts. Obviously, when it comes to our neighborhood, if an immigrant or, or someone has moved from another country, there's regular immigrants right. and refugees at this time. Right. But if someone turns up, of course, as a Christian, we should treat them well, we should befriend them, we should witness to them if they're not of our faith, and so on. But I'm really speaking on a larger sense. We need to recognize that there's grave peril mm. to the life as we know it and to the stability of the nations that we know in the world when this happens. Mm. It may not be destruction, but it will be change. The status quo cannot be maintained when you bring in large numbers of people, both with a different culture, which is enough to create the change, right. and adding to that a starkly different religion, you've got an issue. And of course, if, as is seen in Europe, that large number of people with that different religion happen to be Muslims, I think it's a more severe test than usual, because Islam is not a religion that will easily accommodate. Hmm. Now, we could say it's bad that Christianity easily accommodates. Accommodation is not always good. Sometimes it's just sort of like Christianity with the Spanish conquistadors as it moved down into South America, of course, was brutal initially. But part of the religious accommodation was to sort of incorporate the paganism of the region. So Christianity itself changed in a bad way. With Islam, it's very disinclined to join with another belief and create a syncretistic sort of accommodation. It won't do it. So it's either Islam or the religion or the views of the society they're coming into in large enough numbers will have to change. And that's very destabilizing. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, has been our guest today. Lincoln, you have given us some things to think about here, and we appreciate that. I want to invite you listeners to www.libertymagazine.org. You can get more information on these topics. Listen to these programs, read the articles in Liberty Magazine, and subscribe for you or someone in your community. That's all at libertymagazine.org. Thank you, Lincoln. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom 
of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.